Hey, it's Faith, and you're listening to Not Like the Movies. Today, I'm talking to my friend Mark Anthony Howard. We were on a short film together last year. It was super fun. He is just such a calming presence and someone that you would love to have on set. So, if anybody's casting anything, make sure you hit him up. He's just a beautiful soul and somebody who sounds so much wiser than his years and has great advice on just focusing on the step ahead of you, on not waiting for your life to start for you to make it in this industry because reality is we don't know if we ever will. So if you put off everything that you're intending to do until you reach the peak and then you never reach it, that's gonna suck. <laughs> and I think it's something we all do in our head, especially because we want this career so much. But I think he brings a really lovely perspective into it. He's so fun. He's so lovely. This is Mark Anthony Howard. So what you think, so what you do, they don't really care about you. So have a drink and think it through, but baby it's not like the movies. What's up? Hi. (laughs) How are you? I'm lovely. How are you? I'm good. I like the overalls. Oh, thank you. You start this podcast? Yeah, it's really fun. I'm just like chatting with everybody about their art while we all wait for the strike to end. <laughs> wow, that's sick as hell. Thanks. It's been fun. I've seen all your stuff on Instagram and all your projects and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been very fortunate for real. I always kind of start with just a little bit of your background. You don't have to give the boring stuff if you don't want, but just kind of how you got into what we do and what brought you to it and what was the most enticing thing, just so people know who the hell you are. (laughs) Yeah, I got into it from my mom. My mom actually did plays when I was little. Yeah, she did a lot of like different community theater plays. And then she started directing the church plays. So, of course, she put me in the church plays. I had no choice. Oh, I've been in many a church play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where I I got the bug from. I mean, I always, like, had a a passion performing and, like, a desire to perform. So I did, like, school plays and stuff. And then she would, like, help me out with those. I don't want to say, like, Joe Jackson, but it was, like, you know, you ain't going (laughs) to get up on that stage looking stupid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, she there was a lot of rehearsals with her, a lot of nights spent with just her one on one, basically coaching. Yeah, it was cool. Little Mark didn't think it was cool at the time. <laughs> I was annoyed, but it really helped me. But Big Mark now is like, okay, that made sense. Big Mark is grateful. <laughs> Big Mark is grateful for sure. That's so funny because I feel like the most common thing is parents are very afraid to let their kids be in the arts because it's so uncertain so usually it's like you get a supportive parent that's like okay sure but maybe have another plan but that's cool that she was like all in with you yeah nah because my mom wanted to be an actress and then she had me she had me and my sister so I we put an end to that so yeah she kind of lived vicariously through me it seems she's been very supportive I've been I've been very fortunate and then you went to school at Wright State yeah I went to Wright State University in Dayton Ohio because you're from Ohio born and raised baby Springfield, Ohio. I grew up in Kansas, so close. Okay. Basically the same vibe. <laughs> did you did you go for musical theater or did you go for acting? Yeah, I got a BFA in musical theater. Cool. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is a very interesting take from all my friends that have musical theater degrees that are now here. 
-hmm. are a very specific personality because I think the stereotypical music theater personality are the kids that went to New York and are really into that scene versus you have to have a slightly different personality to have a musical theater degree, but then decide to go to LA instead because we're not like a musical theater hub. How did that happen? What made you decide to come here? Do you have one that you feel like you lean towards now? Or is it just like different kinds of love for different forms of art? Here's the thing. Here's how that happened. My little secret is I don't like musical theater. <laughs> <laughs> I've never liked musical theater. I, I mean, like, there's the big shows that I'm like, man, that's a great show. Like right. Les Mis, I love Les Mis. I think what Lin-Manuel did with Hamilton is great. I like some of the Black shows, like The Wiz. I like Amos Behaven. Phantom of the Opera is a great show. But honestly, I would not want to, like, do that. I wouldn't want to go be <laughs> in the chorus of, of The Lion King or do, like, Mean Girls. Like, that sounds like hell. And this ain't no shade to New York. It's not that I don't like New York. It's just not for me. You know what I'm I saying? I say the exact same thing. I love yeah. visiting. I do not need to live there. Exactly. It just is so hard. It's like everything seems so hard to do in New York. Like imagine going grocery shopping and you got to get on the subway and you got to walk up your flights of stairs to your apartment, your little dinky apartment. And you got to do shows on top of that, eight shows a week. Like, nah, that sounds like, that sounds like the worst thing ever. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's cold yeah. or it's incredibly hot. Like there's right. no in between. There's no in between. They'd be like, oh, spring is nice. Spring is last like a month. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Right. Nowadays is maybe. Like spring go until like you got you got winter up until like April. But that's beside the point. Yeah, now I don't really like musical theater. So why'd you get a degree in musical theater? I got a degree in musical theater because, well, I was 18 and you know, you make rational choices at 18. Nah, I got a degree in musical theater, honestly, so I could be versatile. Because I grew up doing choir, I do. A, I grew up doing acapella, and of course I grew up doing musicals, being on mm-hmm. the stage. So I was like, why not keep crafting like my dance? Why not keep crafting my voice? But nah, I don't like, I don't like musical theater. Maybe I'll find some way to use it out here. I mean, there are so many calls now that I feel like they ask for, we want a strong actor who also can dance or who also can sing. And it's all in film. Like, you know, right. Euphoria, the random musician guy that they pulled in who like sang a song in the middle of an episode. Exactly. I'm trying to do that. Yeah. So it's not yeah. hindering you in any way. I just, when you said you were a musical theater kid, I was like, I don't, that doesn't fit who don't you get are. The vibe. <laughs> no. Honestly, though, people tell me that all the time. Even when I was in school, it was like, you're a musical theater major? Like on purpose? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, musical theater folks got a vibe. Yeah. Another- and I love them. I have lots of musical theater friends. Yeah, that's a lot of energy. Oh, so much energy. So did you come out here right after graduation? Did you wait a little bit? What was your plan? Yeah, I came out here. So I graduated in May and then I drove out here from Ohio in August. Of 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on the end of the the end, quote unquote. Quote unquote. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a time. One of my friends was talking to me the other day and he was like, buddy, you have never been in L.A.? when the industry is at full force because I got here at the end of the pandemic and then the strike. He was like, you haven't even had a chance yet. Exactly. We live in a whole different industry. Yeah. I was like, yep, it's, it's a bummer. Yeah. It's wild for real. 
because of the time period that you came out here and the strike and everything. What was your kind of game plan? Did you have a game plan? Are you more of a go with the flow kind of person? Because you book pretty consistently for someone who's newly in LA. What did you do? How did you kick off things? Are you looking for reps? Like kind of what's your story there for people who are trying to decide how to come to a new city and all that stuff? I wish I had a game plan. I have no game plan. <laughs> I had no game plan coming out here. I don't know. I really have just been blessed, truly, to find cool people. That's what, that's the thing. I just keep finding cool people. And it's... I just feel I feel very fortunate. Like I do little things here and there. Like when I was first getting out here, a lot of the stuff that I've done comes from Actors Access. You know what I'm saying? Looking Same. at the the posting, <laughs> the casting calls. I mean, that's where the thing we did together was from. Yeah, it was from Actors Access. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I meet people on those kind of sets, and then it's like I'll meet somebody on this set, and they'll ask me to do this project. Or like one of my first things I did when I got out here was I like searched August Wilson on Facebook, like August Wilson, Los Angeles on Facebook or something like that. And it was like some guy doing, he was a directing major at one of these schools out here. And it was like a little project he was doing for class. And he just started making film. I still ain't even seen the footage because you know how filmmakers are. Yeah. <laughs> I still ain't seen the footage, but I'm sure it wasn't like the best. Like he was, he was super new at it, right? But I loved August Wilson and I, just wanted to meet people from there he of course he got better and better at making films and he just kept like asking me to be in his different films and short film and we still have a he's a, a great guy you know what i'm saying even when he ain't asked me to do films he's a great friend and i've gotten things from those little projects you know what i'm saying i've made connections yeah. from those projects so it's really just like from one project i'll make a connection and in that project i'll make another connection connections and networking can sound so scary when you're not a kid of this industry or someone who is in with the tight inner famous circle of people. But like you said, just doing the small things and meeting people and not even trying to like schmooze people or get everything you can from them. You're yeah. just like a very authentic person. And I think people are drawn to that. And then they're like, oh, great. I already know you. I know you're normal on set. Let me pull you and bring you <laughs> onto this. Yeah. Yeah, for real though. And just doing doing stuff because like you want to. Not for the cash, you know, not for that check, not not for the connections. It's like, I like this story, I'm gonna do it, even if it's free. Cause you don't know what can come from that. Yeah, and these young cats, these these like student filmmakers are doing some really, really cool stuff. Incredible stuff that you ain't seen before. And then theoretically, that's the like you get in at the ground level. <laughs> exactly. You gotta work parallel. Cause I mean you think about like the the Daniels with everything ever all at once and the people that was in their music videos the people that was working with them when they was just doing music videos and it's like they take that that craft that creativity and make something incredible like everything ever all at once and now you in the film just because you like what they was doing you feel what I'm saying right yeah yeah did you find because most of the stuff like the stuff that we did together that wasn't through my reps and do you have a team of reps yet is that something that you think about where do you kind of stand on that especially because we're in the middle of a strike yeah I, yeah <laughs> man yeah i've been looking for reps i have a commercial rep and they're cool but i i, I still ain't found no theatrical reps i just I, what it is you know you send out these emails and like you said like i feel like i'm doing a lot i feel like i'm castable yeah but i don't you know you don't get no bite for now so i'm just kind of cruising on that 
I feel like the right rep come along, or I'll see the right rep, and I'll, it'll feel like I need to go and meet this person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Instead of I just need someone on my team, like anyone. Right. Because <laughs> that's what I was on when I first got out here, and I did get just anyone on my team. You know, Same. you know, people yeah. are like, don't just get any old agent, don't get any old manager. I got any old manager. I think we all made that mistake, even though people told us not to, because. It's so enticing to be like, I'm legit. I have these people and I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to do. But like you said, if it's not someone that you feel like you need to meet with or that you mesh really well with, it's just not going to go anywhere. And then you're forcing this thing that isn't really going to lead to anything. Right. And then you're stuck in a contract. (laughs) Right. And you're stuck in a contract. And even if you ain't stuck in a contract, now you got to be like, oh, hey, I don't really like you like that. This ain't really working out. You got to go through that whole awkward interaction. Yes. It's almost worse than breakups because you're like, ah, I, I don't agree with how you run your business. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Or my business. I don't right. agree with how you run my stuff. So yeah, nah, I got no theatrical reps right now. I'm looking for the right one. I think that's encouraging though, too, because you do quite a bit of stuff, even my manager and I were talking about this, about how honestly getting the callback is a win, a huge win mm-hmm. because they're watching a thousand submissions and they pick 10. So booking anything, no matter what level is almost impossible. So mm-hmm. I think it's encouraging that you're booking projects that you care about on your own and you're not hyper fixating on, I need somebody else on my team, which I feel like a lot of us are kind of told that we need, but there are tons of people, like you said, that are super castable, super good at their job. Very nice people that just don't have reps because it's such a numbers game. And there's so many things that come across their desk. Exactly. So yeah, I'm having fun working on these, these little projects. How do you, you are just so like chill. How do you, is this like, do you have a anxious mind and you just present chill? What's your, (laughs) what's your thing that keeps you you just seem very grounded and sure of what you're doing. Do you have a trick? Is it, do you know why? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I'm just here for the journey. You know, I, I really am. And I'm enjoying it. the ups, the downs. I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying the journey. Nah, it's for real. I've grown up in the church all my life. Mm-hmm. So when you grow up in the church, it's like, you're always told that God has got you. And I've just kind of felt that, you know, like, yeah. No matter, like I do go through ups and downs. There are times where I'm not chill. I feel like at the end of the day, God has got me. Yeah. I'm not where I want to go right now. I'm, I'm not where I want to be at right now, but I'm like on my way there. I guess that's how I stay chill. Short answer, God. I just feel like there's so many pitfalls, especially living in this city and you drive down Sunset and you see all the billboards for the things that you're not booking with people yeah. that are younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that ain't for you, you know? That project ain't for me. Mm-hmm. I see stuff all the time where I'm like, man, I could have been in that. Man, I should have been in that. Where was I at when they casted that dude? Mm-hmm. But it's like, I wasn't there because I wasn't supposed to be there. That time will come, you know? The right project will come. I will meet the right person. And I feel like I've met a lot of great people on this journey, you know what I'm saying? And I know, like, in time, these seeds that I'm planting right now will grow into a beautiful tree, fruitful tree. With the being in it for the journey and the process and that sort of stuff. I like to kind of ask people more about their creative process because I think our industry puts so much emphasis on, yeah, you did the thing. Now let's see how much money it made and who saw it and what did you get after that? 
how do you stay in the moment when you're filming? And also, do you have a set technique that you lean towards? Does it change depending on the project? Do you kind of hold all the technique and training in the back of your head and just like let your instincts go for it? What's your approach? Honestly, going to school for like four years to act really gave me like this default set of tools. You know what I'm saying? Like this default kind of way of approaching roles and stories. And it's not like I'm following one technique because we learned a few different techniques. Doing Meisner, Stanislavski, the Alexander technique is more like movement, but we learned that. And then you keep learning after that. You watch videos of actors talking about their process and you take a little bit of that knowledge. So I keep all of that kind of in the back of my mind and then I just go with my instinct. But it's like, my instincts are educated. You know, they're not just coming out of yeah. myself. It's like myself that has gone to school for four years to do this. Trust in that. I went to school for acting too. And I have the thing where sometimes, sometimes it works really well. I'm like, yeah, I trust myself. I know what I'm doing. And we're just going to do it. And sometimes I'll be acting and I can feel my brain be like, hmm, I don't really like that. This technique is weird. You're not doing it right. All of yeah. that jazz. Does that have any? All the time. I mean, yeah. And I feel like, especially with film, film is so hard to suspend your disbelief as an actor. That's why I love plays. Because plays, you get to sit in this yeah. character for like two and a half hours. You work on this character for like three weeks. You know exactly what you're saying because you done learned all the lines already. It's like a process. You get to yeah. sit in that. With film, it's like you get the script sometimes that day, sometimes a week before, two weeks before. Sometimes you have a rehearsal process, which is great. But then it's like, once you're doing it, now you got the camera right here. You got all these dudes standing around looking at <laughs> you while you do this and they can't react. They're trying so hard not to react to you and your acting. So you don't get that like immediate feedback that you get from stage. So yeah, I stay in my head when I'm filming. It's, it's so hard to not be in your head while filming. And you got to hit this mark. Right. You got to hit this mark. You got to do it the same way every time you do it. You got to do it again and make it feel the same as you did the first time. I feel like film is so technical. There's times when I drop in it. There's times where I'm like, I'm feeling this. I think that also comes from like the director, comes from the mm -hmm. script. But yeah, now nah, I stay in my head when I'm filming on stage like never they just i'm in my head at the top and then once i'm on the stage it's like i'm living it i am this character there's no dropping even if you mess up a line you can't break character you yeah, gotta too bad <laughs> right you gotta think on your feet as the character so yeah yeah i think there's a especially the reaction of the audience and like the immediate connection of the audience because in film, obviously it does affect an audience, but you don't ever get to see that reaction unless you're in the room when they release it, which would be then months and months and months from when you actually filmed it. Right. And then it's like, you might not even like what you did and you won't even exactly. know until you see it with everybody else. Especially when it's something that you filmed over a year ago and you're like, I'm such a better actor now. I could have done that so much better if you would have done it with me today. Right. Your resume is mostly short films. Correct me if I'm wrong. But sometimes when I do short films, I feel like this weird pressure to make the character almost more concise or more exact in their point of view than a feature because you have such short time with each character. Do you ever get in your head about, they don't really know who this person is because I it's only 10 minutes and I've only said this much and then it's like the weird balance of showing versus just like existing mm -hmm. but i've never felt that oh great <laughs> i can see how you do i can see how you do definitely i've never felt that though because short films i feel like they're so cool 
because you do just get a glimpse of these characters mm-hmm. as human beings of course i mean you're always told this especially as actors it's like as human beings you you pick up on somebody's energy you pick up on who they are you make judgments immediately so it's like whatever the audience sees in those 10 minutes that's what they're gonna see that's what they're gonna get no matter what you do whether you're showing it or not yeah i guess at that point even in a feature within the first couple scenes that you see that character we've already decided whose side we're on right and of course as the movie goes on in a feature you got two hours to either love that character have your opinion change about that character or not but in the short film it's like you get that glimpse wow what a nice way to think about it <laughs> you gotta be can you explain kind of what the screen acting cohort at the Hillman grad mentorship yeah. lab, what that all is and what you do, et cetera? So the screen acting cohort of the Hillman grad um, foundation, it's a program started by Lena Waite, who directed and created The Shy. She's a writer mostly, but she also acts. She was in Master of None. Oh, cool. Yeah. She did uh, Queen and Slim as well. She produced that A Thousand and One movie that just came out. Either way, she makes a lot of stuff. She got her hands on a lot of things. So yeah, she also started this foundation that started this program, which is basically like three different cohorts. One is screen acting, which I'm a part of, and there's writers and there's directors. And basically, it's a whole program that lasts for eight months, and you get like a certificate at the end and all that. And in those eight months, you... For the screen actors, at least, we're learning about the different kinds of screen acting, which I didn't know, which I didn't learn in theater school, of course. Right, same. (laughs) So there's like all these different kinds of screen acting techniques and styles. And it's like, you see it, you see it on television. Right. But to put word to it and to like know how to do it is a whole different ballgame. To know how to go from acting in a sitcom to acting in an HBO drama to acting in, you know, an action film versus a comedy film. It's all different styles of act. So yeah, that's what we learned in the screen acting cohort. And then you get to like, of course, network with the, I don't even like to say network because we really homies though. Like they really became, we've all been so carefully crafted and like selected. They're such great people. Yeah, we get to like talk to all the writers and the producers. Some of them are like working at NBC, different studios, young folk coming up in the business. Young folk. Young folk, yeah, coming up in the business, you know? So we all get to like work horizontally and collaborate on different projects. It's really, really cool. Or just hang out. We go into a comedy show in a couple of days. Oh, how cute. Yeah, we go to soccer games. We get dinner. Like they really like you just got this cool group of people, a, a support system. Yeah, I think any new study like after graduation, I don't think any of us are really prepped, no matter what kind of degree you have on how to be an adult in your 20s when you leave yeah. where you grew up and exactly you just have to do it on your own <laughs> exactly especially in the entertainment industry though because it's like man I, my therapist just said this today he was like entertainment you can go to school for four years you can study for as long as you want to go to school you can get your master's in that which i'm trying to do you can get your master's in entertainment and still not be guaranteed a job which is different from so many other i'm not saying other every other job force is like easy to get into but so many of them it's like you go to school so you go to school to be an engineer 80 percent chance you're gonna right. be an engineer <laughs> with acting with singing with dancing with anything in the arts it's like it's up in the air i think it's also hard because again not to negate any other job but i cannot think of another job that you have a full degree and people ask you to do it for free right right that part you don't ask an architect if he can design this building for free for free for credit for credit 
Like, I'll tell people you built this building, you designed this building for me. <laughs> I just, I, if you want, come on now. It's insane to me that, like you said, you could even have a master's, not even just an undergrad. You could have a master's in acting and people will still say, can you do this project for free? Right. That's all throughout the arts. Uh, like you a visual artist. People ask you to do their cover art for free. Mm -hmm. Which is insane to me because the CEO of whatever finance bro or the doctor or whoever, they, I guarantee you in their day-to-day -day life, either listen to a podcast, listen to music on Spotify, watch Netflix, watch Hulu. I mean, don't support them right now because of the strike, but yeah. <laughs> they usually do all of those things that include art. They see marketing campaigns that include cover art. All of those things are art. So if they didn't exist, half of their day-to-day -day life wouldn't exist. Yes. You know, entertainment is like the biggest export of America. It makes America the most money. Billions, hundreds of billions of dollars from the entertainment industry, more than any other industry in, in America. And people act like it's not necessary. It's crazy to me. Yeah, it's, a, it's an ongoing mystery. That's why I'm hoping, you know, that the unions all figure it out and find a way for all of us to get paid for what we do and it is hard I do get like I don't know what your opinion is but for me there are certain people that I am close enough with that if they asked me to be in their project for free I would of course but not some random person who I have never met before who I don't trust who I haven't seen their script and like you said there's a difference between you do a couple free projects to get in but then at some point it's like I have to pay rent right definitely not doing no free projects for no corporations no businesses. It's different. Yeah, there's a difference between your friends trying to make something and none of you have money and you're all doing it together. <laughs> right. And people just not wanting to pay artists. That's bugging. All that to say, in your 20s, as an artist, it's pretty <laughs> wild. Your 20s alone is wild. There's no script. Or <laughs> especially as an artist that like leaves their hometown. Yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit of a ride. What did you do coming here? Did you have any friends that lived here? Did you come with anyone because I think that's a big question of people our age of coming to a new city like how do you make friends as an adult which is such like a weird question and experience especially if your whole life you've just been friends with the people that you get put with in school right. and yeah. then you're set <laughs> right your day ones how you make day twos how exactly. you make day threes and fours yeah nah I did come out here with some friends from school Mm -hmm. um and then like making more friends out here my main goal that was like my first goal was to make friends not just make friends but like make friends in the arts so I was like I need to join some sort of theater because that's what I knew you know so I'm like I'm, I'm gonna join some sort of theater and that's exactly what I did like a theater company yeah yeah I auditioned for this like theater program and it was great because it was like a 10 month long program and training in theater and, and devised theater and Shakespearean theater. It was beautiful. And that's how I made my first, you know, set of friends, my first support system. And I just kept doing projects and I made friends on those sets. And like I said, I'm now in this film and grad. That's why I'm like, I've been so blessed out here because I keep getting in these different programs and keep getting these beautiful support systems. Great people. People that are trying to do what I'm trying to do. Plus then you just have like 20 built in readers, which is stellar exactly <laughs> it is hard though to make friends though you know that's the thing in the world that's not just mm -hmm. with 20 year olds that's the thing that's that's happening like now in the world people are finding it's hard to make friends i feel like it's a weird thing to talk about it because it almost like this is a very high school view of it but it feels like losery 
<laughs> to be like, <laughs> how do you make friends? But it's like a real thing. Like it's you a real thing to a new city. And, what are you supposed to do? Right. And so many people are going through it, especially young folk in any industry, in any, you know, any gender, any walk of life. A lot of people right now are having a hard time making friends. So I don't know. I'm grateful for the ones that I have. I will say that. I mean, I think you picked a smart way to do it. Are you someone who though needs friends who aren't part of the industry so that you can like take a break from the industry or does it not bother you that everyone is involved in the same thing that you're involved in? Yeah, no, no, I don't feel like I need friends outside the industry. I mean, like I'm sure I have some, I can't really think of any right now, but I'm sure <laughs> I have. Actually I do, I can, but they like, you know, they day ones. There's people that right. there's been since high school and they cool people. I don't really care. Honestly, as long as I ain't got too many musical theater friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got a limit on those. If we want yeah, another we one, we're going to have to exchange. Like five people max. <laughs> nah, but I do try to like get people, you know, like have creative friends, no matter what the mission is. Like just creative friends. I love being around creative people. You know, whether you paint, whether you write, whether you, you know, play the saxophone. If you creative, I like. I would agree. The creative aspect, I think, is more important than are you an actor or not? Yeah. Like, it's nice to have actor friends because then I have readers. But it's also nice to have friends that have a different perspective or don't want to talk about the show in the way that all the actors want to talk about it. Right. And I think it makes you more versatile of a person, too. Totally. Like, I'm a creative person in general. And I I need other creatives because I'm trying to learn from those other creatives, you know? I want to learn from my friend Josh how to write. Josh Seagrang. Remember that name. He's an incredible author. Do you ever need to fully take a break from the industry? Just in your mind, do you have other creative outlets that you like to use? Do you have non-creative things that you like to do to just be a person and not be someone who's hustling to be an actor every second of your life (laughs) yes i feel like i've been living in that state Mm -hmm. like it's not even like i gotta take a break from acting since this strike right one of my mentors from hillman grad actually my name is carolyn she's great she was like use this time this strike time to really find yourself as a person, you know, who are you outside of acting? Cause I think that's so important. Cause like we were saying before, acting is such a fickle thing. It's not guaranteed, you know, and the entertainment industry is not, it's fickle. And if you put all your validation and your self-worth and you know, everything you want to do in this thing that is so out of your control, then you going to be out of control. And you as he's like, well, you don't even know who you are. If all, if everything you are is, is an actor. So I've been trying to like, I've always had different passions and different ways of being creative and living life, but I'm, I'm being more intentional with those. Like I make art, you know, I'm, I'm a visual artist. So that's what I, I do that a lot. And even that's fickle in itself. So it's like, right. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I find a lot of comfort in that. I'm taking that a lot more serious. I'm just trying to find like, and I think I'm doing a good job at it, but I'm just trying to find different ways of being a person outside of acting. Acting is there. Acting will always be there. It will always be a passion of mine. I will always work toward it. And I wouldn't even say that I'd ever need a break from it. Like right now, it's not like I'm taking a break from it. It's like, it's it's over there. It's still here. It's still over there right now. I think the bigger I get, Lord willing, the bigger I get, I'm sure I'll need a break at some point. You know, when you work on sets for eight months at a time yeah I'm, I'm gonna need a break at some point but right now nah, I'm, I'm living I'm in a journey kind of like what you said because you're actively balancing grinding and doing the hard work as an actor with your friends and all these like fun other things and your art 
that it doesn't feel like a break is needed because you're not solely focused, like you said, on the fickle thing. Yeah. Because then there's less of a quote unquote burnout. Right. And people, and I used to be on this too, but people, especially actors, they're like, oh, I'll do that after I, I make it. I'll do that after I get big. But it's like, what if you don't get big? So many actors don't get big until they're like 50. And it's like, you don't put off all these life things these things you want to do in life as a human being for this thing of acting and now you 55 and you ain't married because you was like i'm gonna do that when i'm big and i like marriage ain't even a thing like if that's what you want to do you know what i'm saying right. you, know, I'm, you know you get what i'm saying you want to go to peru or something i don't know <laughs> right right like how much am i willing to sacrifice of my life for acting because at the end of the day as much as i love it as much as it's a passion of mine, acting is work. And I ain't on this planet to work. I don't got this life to work. I got this life to live this life. I think that kind of goes into, at least from my BFA and I think most of the conservatory-esque programs, is that concept of acting is your life and you have to be a struggling artist for this to happen for you. And almost the if you don't put 110% into this it's never going to happen when like you said I think the actual reality is this is already a very risky game so yes put your time and work into it but what happens if it doesn't happen and then you have absolutely nothing (laughs) right so you never get there and it's like damn I done put all this off and I ain't even where I want to be at and there's already so much of the acting where you just like you you sacrifice so much of yourself yeah. Even if you're making it as an actor, you sacrifice so much of yourself to get there. You can't sacrifice too much. Especially as a younger actor, it was kind of presented to me as people are really committed when they're using their depression or their dark thoughts and things to really bring this character to life. And I think there is room for you to take pieces of yourself that you don't maybe love or aren't your favorite parts and use them as a character. But I think there's a line between what's healthy for you in a mental space and what's healthy for you to continuously perform. So do you have an imaginary line for yourself of what you'll sacrifice mentally or which lines you won't cross or which maybe memories or situations that you're like, yeah, sure, I could use that to pull on for a character, but that's not safe for me right now. Yeah, my thing is like, you go through something, you're going to remember what that feeling is like, period. Your body's going to remember what it feels like to say, get broken up with or to break up with someone. And if you do a breakup scene, of course, you're going to think about what it feels like to do that. Now, it's like, if you're going back and looking at traumatic events in your life and really like visualizing it before you get absorbing it sitting with it you know what i'm saying just thinking about that situation replaying that in your head so you can have an emotion for this story how i don't see how people do it really how can you go put yourself in this place and then try to be this character over here and pretend i just feel like that's not possible because then you just end up crying because of this thing and it doesn't feel genuine to this thing yeah i use much more if i was in this exact situation how would i feel Instead of always pulling from actual things that have happened. (laughs) The memory itself versus what that made you feel. You're always going to bring yourself to a character. You're always going to bring your experiences to a character. How you would handle a breakup to that character because that's you. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to go back and think about 
put yourself in the in that situation again or situations even worse than that of course even more traumatic than a breakup yeah myself is are there lines that i won't cross things i won't sacrifice there's times where it's like i think as an actor people ask you to sacrifice a lot of your time so much of your time especially in musical theater it's like you got two days sometimes one day to film two dance numbers sing this song and do these three sides and you got to do it because this is a broadway show or this is a national tour mm. are you going to do it are you going to sacrifice your time your mental you know what i'm saying those are things that i want to do and i know that's like if i want it i'm gonna work for that and that's work and it's like yeah if i wanted it maybe i would do it but i'm not i'm not gonna sacrifice my time and stress myself out when what you're asking for is ridiculous <laughs> you know, engineers ain't getting asked to do that in two days, that amount of work in two days. Unpaid. Unpaid. And I'm not saying people that do that are sacrificing their personhood. Like, if you want to do it, do it. That's you. But for me, I'm not going to do that. Have you had any situations where you're asked to sacrifice maybe if there's lines for you on characters you won't play or scenarios that you won't do? Because I think for a lot of us, there's a line between I'll play certain villains that, yeah, the story needs because it's serving a story that I believe in. But if the moral of the story isn't something that I agree with, it's hard for me to combine the two. Absolutely. That exactly. For real though, like if I'm playing a character and it's like, of course, I don't agree with these morals. Right. Or whatever. Like say if I'm playing like an abuser, like a physical abuser of some sort. Like, no, of course, I'm, I don't want to physically abuse somebody. You know, that's not what I do. But if that character was needed in a story and like the moral of the story is great and the message of the story is great, of course I'm going to play that character. It all depends on the moral of the story. If I got to play a stereotype for the story, I'm going to play the stereotype for the story. If I got to play a stereotype just to play a stereotype, if I got to play a stereotype just to entertain, no. Like I think about who they clone Tyrone. Did you see that movie? Mm-mm. John Boyega is incredible. John Boyega, Jamie Foxx. John Boyega plays a drug dealer. Jamie Foxx plays a pen. Two stereotypes in black film. And it called on different references from black exploitation films. And that's all another story. The message of the They Clone Tyrone was so impactful, was so like just incredible. And the script was incredible. And they didn't play those stereotypes for nothing. Yeah, I would do something like that. When you got here or just in your, when did you come here? 2021? What is it now? 2023? It's like almost two years. I like how you checked your, your watch. You know? I, know. I don't even have a watch. <laughs> in your spry two years that you've been here is there anything that really shocked you about the industry that you weren't expecting or something that was confirmed for you or anything surprising just getting here and doing the things so much has been surprising this industry is nothing like i expected it to be honestly there's so much of it that feels so real and tangible and so normal about it like seeing like different celebrities or whatever. It's so strange because it's like they really are. And I know everybody says this, but they just are like normal people. I'm surprised how normal it feels in that aspect. In terms of the industry in itself, there's so many things about Los Angeles's film and television industry specifically that I didn't know. That they didn't teach in theater school because they didn't know it in theater school in Ohio. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the ins and outs of Los Angeles' film and television industry. So many politics, so many processes, so much that's just out of your control. And most of it has to do with money. That's what's, I don't want to say surprising because that sounds naive, but it is a little surprising how much of it has to do with money. And not the art. <laughs> right. 
it all has to do with money and like who has who is who who's done what what their budget is if they got this star for this other part can they book you for this or no right that part exactly that's what i'm talking about the different politics there's so much that is at play it's crazy like what directors can work with what studios and what directors have deals with these studios what writers i didn't know none of that i feel like most of America, especially in like the Midwest, don't know nothing about that. And it's so weird because we're expected to be artists and creative, but also in ourselves be a business entity. Be a business, yes. Know exactly what you're doing. That's why I'm grateful again for Helmut Grad because I learned all that stuff from Helmut Grad from Bezad. I love Bezad. I work yeah. with Bezad. Yeah. Bezad is a homie. Shout out to Bezad. I interviewed him. His episode's coming out in like two weeks. No way. Yeah. What's up, Bezad? Yeah. I love okay. him. Well, yeah, Bezad, man, he got the he got the deets. You know what I'm saying? He got the low downs. He be giving knowledge that's like he says that only like what is it? Nepotism babies. Yeah. Nepo like babies. Nepo babies. <laughs> yeah. That only they know. The secrets that only they know. And there's so many stars that you'll see, stars or actors that you'll see that have been just completely messed up from the business because they didn't know the ins and outs of it. It's insane. Well, we love Bazan. Yeah. Do you have anything that you want to promote? Yeah. Watch. Um, I got a couple short films coming out. You can find them on my Instagram if you give me a little follow. It's at MRK. H-W-R-D, that's at M-R-K-H-W-R-D. It's Mark Howard with no vowel. Great, awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for chatting with me. Thank you for having me on here, Faith. Of course. You're such a, how old are you? Do you mind me asking? You're what, 20? Uh, uh, 24. No way. I'm 24. I told you I graduated from 21 in 2021 oh that's true that's true um well i'm also 24 and i feel like you have the knowledge of like a 50 year old man inside of your head no you're not the first person to tell me that <laughs> in a very good positive way you just feel like you have a very strong sense of self and i think that's very rare for where we live and our generation so kudos to you thanks Faith. you're welcome this is cool Faith. I'm happy you're doing this. This is this is really ambitious and I love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's been really fun. I've learned a lot about like even people that I've known for forever that I just never asked them these questions. Yeah, I bet. You're making me want to do it. I'll be a competition. Do it. I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. All right. Have a great rest of your day. I'll see you later. All right, then, Faith. Peace. Bye.